I mean, there's obvious music chemistry that works. I don't know. It's kind of like a marriage that you keep working on. You know, we really, I would say over the last five years, really had to kind of push through some stuff to kind of like get our, our friendship back on track and back where we wanted it to be. But we're, you know, it's family for sure. That's today's guest, Wayne Sutton, talking about his 30-year music collaboration with Patrice Pike. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about Wayne's new solo album. Lots to talk about. I'm Jamie Green, and this is Trading Force. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Trading Fours. I'm your host, Jamie Green. And can you believe it? We're getting way in the middle of summer. I hope you're doing well. And today's guest, we're going to have fun with today's guest. So when I first graduated from college from the University of Nebraska, way back in the 90s, I thought to myself, if I'm going to be an underemployed college graduate, where do I want to live? And at the time, the answer was Austin, Texas, because Austin, Texas had an amazing amazing music scene and anybody who was down there in the early 90s can tell you that you could walk all around it's back when 6th street actually had like all these clubs that are now gone but black cat and liberty lunch was over on 4th street and all i mean there was a ton of places to go see live music steamboat you name it and it was just a ton of fun so today's guest is wayne sutton and wayne sutton was the guitarist and background vocalist for a group called back then it was little sister then they became Sister 7. They got signed to a major label. They are fabulous. If you've never heard any of their stuff, please check it out. I'll put some links down in the show notes. And Wayne and Patrice are still collaborating. In fact, my favorite album of last year was the Pike and Sutton album, Heart is a Compass, that came out, like I said, last year. And there was a song on that album that really, for me anyway, became the anthem of 2020. It was called Bright as the Sun. Great tune. Uh, great album. So I jumped at the chance to get to talk to Wayne. Wayne has got a new album out. It's a singer-songwriter album. And uh, it's great. So we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about uh, Austin in the early 90s. We're going to talk about Patrice Pike. We're going to talk about Wayne becoming a school teacher. So much to talk about. So let's get started. Here's my conversation with Wayne Sutton. Wayne, thanks so much for the time, and I think uh, I really appreciate you coming on Trading Fours, and you've got a lot of new music out, and we're going to talk all about that, uh, but I think a, a good place to start for people who, since I'm in Kansas City, who aren't aware of you, um, I was in Austin, Texas, I lived there in the early 90s, and it was such a cool music scene, and I think I told you in the email I sent you, the first show I saw when I moved there was actually you guys at uh, Liberty Lunch. Nice. Uh, and what a great way that what a great introduction to the living in Austin, Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so let's talk about because you know we talk about Seattle a lot for '90s, which is fine, and obviously I get it. Nirvana, Alice in Chains, all those bands, but there was a really cool scene in Austin at the same time. And you'll be able to name a lot more bands than me, but just off the top of my head, besides you guys and um, well, let's see who else: Ian Moore, Ian Moore, Soul Hat, Soul Hat, Joe Rockhead. Yeah, Joe Rockhead. There's a million bands. Um, what were the scabs called before? Ugly Americans. 
Ugly Americans, yeah. So it was Joe Rockhead, then the Ugly Americans, then the Skeps. Right. So what a great time. So tell me yeah. about how was it for you? It was great. That was the easiest time of my life. You know, I didn't really have a lot to do other than play music. You know, I was talking to uh, Kevin McKinney from Soul Hat, and we were just chatting on Facebook, talking about how we never, we lived together, we never cooked a meal. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know, I thought we were rich. And he was like, we were rich. <laughs> well, so it was good. You know, I was just hanging out outside all the time, going to play gigs. It was pretty easy living. Because you guys came down from, ta- from Dallas, correct? Dallas, like- yeah. So how long had you been in? So I would have seen you in January 94. You hadn't been in, in Austin that long, right? Um, I think 92 is when we moved. And we probably started playing in 91. So we started we started a residence, a residence at the Black Cat that we did for maybe a year before we even moved down to Austin. So we were just driving from Dallas to Austin and having a lot more success in Austin. So that was, it was a pretty easy choice. Move. Yeah. Well, that's great. So I was going to show you this too, because I still I still have this, by the way. Oh, nice. And I actually have a hundred CD player uh, that I have. It's kind of like my personal jukebox in my house. Yeah. So you guys are still in the rotation. It's <laughs> nice. a great, great, fun album. So I, I appreciate that. I will put in the show links for people who don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, all these great bands, but it was such a cool scene. It was so vibrant. It was so much fun. Uh, and that's back when South by Southwest too was more just about the music. It hadn't become this corporate. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was fun thing. then because you could just, you know, go out and walk up and down the street and see a million bands that you never heard of. Yeah. And that's yeah. impossible now or has been for a good five or 10 years, I guess. Yeah. I saw Beck there. Nice. And I had no idea who Beck was at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some, yeah, I've seen some great people that were just like, Whoa. a couple of years right. later, you're like, wow. <laughs> so how, how you doing, man? I know COVID put a big damper on everything and especially for live, uh, for musicians that love to play live. So h- how are you holding up? Um, great. I gotta say, um, it was hard cause, uh, with Patrice Pike, we were about to release a record. And we went ahead and released it anyway um, in April. Like we had just been waiting to put it out for a couple of years and working on it. So we just decided to go ahead and put it out. So that was kind of a drag. We were supposed to play uh, Lollapalooza in Chile. So that was the first thing that got canceled. So that was, that was a big bummer. But those, those first uh, like six months or so, I was so happy to not have anything to do. Really? And I had just started writing a lot. So it was really helpful for that just to be able to kind of go on long walks every day, come home and write. So I wrote a bunch of songs for a new record. And then in August, I went and uh, recorded in Trilingua, Texas. Where's that exactly, Wayne? It's, uh, right outside of Big Bend. Okay. And it was, it's not a lot of people there all the time anyway, but since it was COVID and 110 degrees, there was, you know, 10, pe- 10 people in town, nobody, nobody. <laughs> so we recorded, uh, we recorded the record in the old church there. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So this is the your own record, Blue Worm, correct? Yes, yes. So I, I've had a chance to listen to this a few times. I really dig it. How, how would you, for people that don't know you, how would you describe this? I mean, it's singer-songwriter, right? But did yeah. you have kind of a, what do you call it? Uh, singer-songwriter, folk-ish. Right? More uh, more Western than country. Right? I guess. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's a I great- mean, for people that haven't heard it, it's definitely acoustic. Driven, which is what I wanted to do, was make an acoustic record. 
So there's a couple of little extra elements in there, but it's mostly driven by acoustic guitar and vocals. No, it, it's great. It's just, it's interesting. And I played a little bit of guitar too. So it, what's the, the appeal of the acoustic as a songwriter, as opposed to doing the full rock band stuff? What do you, what do you get out of it? What do you like? Um, you know, I just wouldn't, I mean, I love the sound of it one, but also just if you're wanting the focus to be on the lyrics, that can get lost sometimes in a giant band. Right. No, you totally. know, and just a band, like if I'm playing with a band, I kind of want to rock out. No, it makes sense. Typically, I want to <laughs> be like bashing. So it's just kind of a whole different vibe. No, totally. Uh, I really like the song Whiplash. I mean, they were all great right. songs, but that's a really cool song. Yeah, it's a fun one. Do you have a couple favorites off the album? Um, That one, Resolution, I really like. Um, What on Earth was a single. Okay. So, I mean, I like them all, really. Yeah, I guess you should since you wrote them, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, typically, I just, I just, at this point, I don't really have a favorite. Like, I, I enjoy them all. They all kind of have their own little story and vibe. No, I, I totally get that. So let's talk about the the album with you and Patrice. And I'm fascinated by this, Wayne, because you know, I'm trying. I was trying to think about people that have been together this long musically, um, where it's not a romantic entanglement; it's just a professional one. And I was like, well, yeah. there's there's Hall and Oates, like there's some like that. There's some of those type stuff, but like you know, you guys have been together for God, it'd be thirty years. Now. Thirty years, yeah. So what about, I mean, she's, and for people who don't know, she's one of my favorite singers ever. Yeah, I mean, her, awesome. her voice is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, what, what about it? What, what, uh, how have you guys managed to make it work all these years? Um, I mean, there's obvious music chemistry that works, but um, I don't know. It's kind of like a marriage that you keep working on. You know, we really, I would say over the last five years, really had to kind of push through some stuff to kind of like get our, our friendship back on track and back where we wanted it to be. But we're, you know, it's family for sure. So she like, I mean, I know the band was called Little Sister. She like almost like a sister to you now? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So we just went and played in uh, Northern California and we played a show in Santa Fe and then she did some stuff by herself and then we are back here in Austin this weekend. So you guys, you recorded the whole album in Santa Fe, right? Santa Fe, yeah. So what's, I mean, Santa Fe is beautiful. I love it. The weather's great too. If you like kind of temperate weather. Yeah. What was the draw for you guys to record there? Uh, the big thing for me, we played um, at that studio Frogville at the time. We did like a live, kind of like an in-studio concert there. And the guy that ran the studio, Bill Palmer, I just, we just hit it off immediately. And I was like, I want to record in his studio. So initially, you know, I was thinking about him being the producer, but we ended up uh, using Jim Watts, who was great. And Jim and Bill turned out to be like really good friends, which we didn't know at the time. But I had just hit it off with Bill and Bill's the guy that recorded the Blue Worm record. But I just knew I wanted the studio was really awesome. So it was probably not the cheapest way to do it, but, but it was cool. That's a calculus, right? Yeah. Should have been. <laughs> yeah, studio time is not cheap. I mean, everybody. Uh, that's. I think that's one of the reasons why so many people do things out of their house. Yeah, actually, no, it's, no, it's it's super expensive. Yeah, I had Jason Faulkner on, who's you know, yeah, the jellyfish guy and with the grays. I'll say he's been doing recording out of his house for thirty years. Like, yeah, just, and I can see what the appeal is, right? Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> 
I mean, so, that's certainly, certainly cost effective. Uh, one of the songs of 2020, at least my, I bought your album. So uh, Bright as the Sun, I felt like was the perfect song during COVID, right? That there's kind yeah. of these dark days, and but you should hold on and things will get better. Yes. Right? Did you kind yeah. of feel that too when you released it? Was that one of the when ones? We were, yeah, for sure when we released it. You know, I think we wrote it three years before, so. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good one. So what are you going to do now with the world opening up? I know you said you just played Northern California and Santa Fe. What's the plan um, for yourself as a solo artist? Are you guys? Yeah, I just, or... I just started. We're playing, we're playing Saturday here in Austin. Patrice and I are starting to play pretty, like we booked about half this month. And then I have uh, stuff, solo stuff booked in August. So I'm just starting to do that. Where are you playing that's in Austin? Uh, Saxon Pub. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a residency place. Yeah, right? yeah so we're, we're back there. There was I actually haven't. a documentary about the Saxon yeah. Pub on Amazon. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, I actually saw that. And my I'm on wife the cover. Like, my fancy guitar is on the is cover. Is that you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so Patrice is heavily interviewed in that. And uh, What's the only that? shot, the only shot of our band. Well, that's her. It's that's really her band. Okay. So we have Sister Seven, Patrice Pike Band, and Pike and Seven. So we're trying to uh, work on that right now. But but that was her residency. So I was just playing with her. But the only live footage they got of us for that was on New Year's Eve. So I'm wearing a suit, which is I probably have worn a suit at a gig once. And that right. was it. Was it after a funeral, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, it was just New, Year, New Year's Eve, you know, it's just like, all right. Doesn't it make you wonder how jazz guys did that for I do. I do wonder. It's so, un, it's so uncomfortable to play. Right? Well, and I guess it's, it's hot. Even, it's hot. No, it's just, it's so, you know, obviously Kansas City's a big jazz town here, yeah. you know, and Charlie Parker's a Kansas City native, and you see all those pictures of those guys. Yeah. And, and there was no air conditioning. They're sweating a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it looks I'd cool. be passing out. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. I would too. Uh, so let's talk about uh, what's the best way. So people, uh, most of my fans are in Kansas City, uh-huh. but there are some people around. Strangely, I have a bunch of people listen to us in India. I still haven't figured out uh-huh. why. But people are hearing you for the first time, Wayne. What's the best way for them to follow you? What do you? Do? Uh, uh, Instagram is Wayne Sutton twenty seven. On my Facebook music page is Wayne Sutton twenty seven. Those are the best ways to get to me right now. I just started building my website and I'm trying to uh, merge all my YouTube channels. So I've been spent the morning with people trying to help me figure that out. How many do you have? Well, I just have two, but there's the one that, that they make for you mm-hmm. when your songs come out. Right. But those don't go to the one that I made. So I'm trying to get all that over. I don't know. And you'll make like two cents a song. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get it set up. <laughs> I'm not trying to make any money. But it's it, it's so funny because um, you guys your first couple albums that was before Napster and that it right, was right. it was still when you could make money and I mean money not like pittance but you could make some money yeah. recording and releasing an album yeah and then Napster for my younger fans Napster was a way that people stole music and didn't pay for it and it just killed that whole vibe and ever since then now right you tour to make money. In yeah, and merch, and you, and you, and you, well, and you sell them. You know, a lot of people still want to buy CDs at shows. And, and vinyl, right? That kind of, yeah, that kind of stuff. The merch, but yeah, but you're not getting, like, you're not getting like the. But you know, most people that I know are not also not spending record company money 
and paying back record companies and all that kind of, you know, right. the whole business. I mean, it's still out there, but, and I see it on TV, but most people I know aren't really involved in all that stuff so much anymore. So when you guys first got signed to a major label, what has uh-huh. been 93, 94? Yeah. I mean, can you walk me through that? I mean, how was that for you as a band? Uh, it was pretty exciting at first. And then it got kind of tiresome. What about it was <laughs> tiresome? I didn't love it. Just, well, because, you know, when people sign you and give you money, they want to start telling you what to do. And what was yeah. what was their what was the hot takes of the record companies for Sister Seven? Was it just stupid shit, or what was it? That- um, well, you know, we were a jam band at that time, kind of fun jam band, and they were wanting us to be a you know more of a pop. Okay. You know, they want us to be on the radio. Yeah, three minute songs. Yeah. Or just you know more, and it was good as far as you know because we were not really that was not our focus was not writing songs. It was writing fun music to play, which yeah. is great. Both of those things are great. I love writing songs like they're, but at the time we just, it just wasn't the focus. You know, our focus was like playing. Right. Which you obviously, for me watching you live, you love to do it too. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I do love that. Your bass player, Daryl, was that right? Yeah, Phil, yeah. He was phenomenal, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. What's he doing now? Uh, not sure. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, well, fair enough. Oh, no, so, I'm not sure I was doing musically. We're, we're, we're on the ins and outs. So I'm trying to work on, work on getting us back in. So, so it's That's almost good. like a real family. It is like a real family. Right. Well, I have three siblings. I'm talking to one of them right now, Wayne, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it well, does. It's, it's such so, a... so Daryl and I will work it out, but this is going to. Is he still in town? Is he still yeah, in Austin? Still... Yeah, he's in Austin. And who was the drummer? I forget. It's Sean Phillips. And what's he up to? He, I think, is like head of IT for Southwest Airlines. Okay. So he's actually making money. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He was always very, he was always the practical guy in the band. Well, that's interesting because usually the drummer is usually the maniac in the band. Yeah. Yeah. He was not. He was our, he was our Christian uh, level headed practical guy. That's funny. So when you guys now play, you and Patrice, what do you? Who else comes to the? Sh- who else are you playing with? Um, Rob Kidd is our usual drummer. That's in the. I don't know if you've heard of the Golden Dawn Orchestra. Yeah, he's the drummer for that, and he plays with a ton of people. A guy named Bobby Perkins on bass. Uh, John Bush on percussion. That's been playing with, with us for years from the New Bohemians. Oh my god! And that's kind of our. That's kind of our regular band. Got new Bohemians, man. I haven't thought about them in a while. That's oh man, they just put out a great record. New with, with the EP, yeah. yeah. Or, really? Yeah, they put out. And this is the second one they put out, like in the last, I'd say, two or three years. Like full, full blown, big studio records. We'll have to check it out. This yeah. is why I do this podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. The new one's great. It's really great. Okay. So those those guys are all pretty good friends of mine. So it's pretty exciting for them. And so. Uh, Austin has changed so much. My my so my mother's a native Texan, uh, yeah. and then I have a, a aunt and uncle. That my uncle's deceased, but my aunt still lives out on South Manchac. And when she yeah. when I was growing up, South Manchac was out in the middle of nowhere. It was a right. two lane road, and now yeah. it's like houses it's the, everywhere. It's where all the good bars are, right? Well, she actually has a bar next door to her way. You may have like, seen her house. Uh, <laughs> And my cousins all grew up there and stuff. So I have been going to Austin on a regular basis, not just only when, you know, when I lived there for a while, but 
probably since, I don't know, 1973, yeah. my first memory. It has, it has changed so much. And I, I, I would love to get your take on it. What, what do you like about it now? What do you not like about it? Um, I don't, there's too many people. So all, if you were there in the nineties, you probably went to the green belt, right? Swimming around the Creek and all that kind of fun stuff. You can't go there now, but there's like a thousand people every day. Really? You know, I used to be able to walk up the trail and go swimming. There's cars parked for a mile down the road. So I don't like any of that. Um, I still like, you know, I still have so many friends here. So if I go somewhere like the Saxon pub or continental club, you know, I just see all my friends or everybody's still around. It's still kind of our little community. Yeah. It's just almost like Southern California dumped itself in the middle of central Texas. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Cause you got all that tech money there, like this crazy tech money. And then you dump it on a college town. That was a music town. Well, I mean, I think the difference now, there's still a ton of music here, but I think, um, you know, at the time you're talking about all the bands were kind of mid-level or you would, you would, I mean, we would do like a regular six, 800 people, which seems unfathomable now to me that a band would do that every week. Right. But so you don't really have that anymore, but then you have like the Gary Clark, like you Black Pumas, you've got all this really big spoon, like it's big music. So you have like giant bands or it's not where before everything was kind of in that little lower tier and there was a lot more. I mean, there's not, not more bands because there's like, you know, fucking million bands in Austin. Right. There's still, there's still like, in a band, right? There's still a ton of music every night. Like you can go see 30 bands every night. Well, and I think too, some of the charm was, so I'm just, this is off the top of my head. You guys talked about Black Cat. Um, Black Cat's gone. Liberty Lunch is gone. Yeah. Steamboat's uh, gone. Steamboat's gone. Zona Rosa's gone. Zona Rosa's gone? I didn't even yeah. know that. <laughs> um, is Emo still there? Is uh... Uh, it's, Emo's is on the east side. So like off Riverside. So they just have big concerts there. That's right. more that's more touring acts. And I think Antones has moved like seven times. Like, yes. Right? So it's, it's back downtown. Yeah. When I lived there, it was in the Shakey's Pizza building. Do you remember that? It was on on on, on Guadalupe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. That was the first one that I went to. That's my favorite still. Yeah, I get to hang out. Uh, one Kim Wilson was there one night. Oh, nice. And, so this is funny. So uh, the reason why I picked up the guitar was Steve Ray Vaughan, right? Yeah. Like I just freaked out when I heard him, especially in the '80s, because so oh, much yeah. stuff was just that poppy keyboard yeah, yeah. synth crap that I didn't like. And then to hear him, I was like, oh my God, it's awesome. Yeah. So I was in uh, college and we came down there for a long weekend and uh, just got stupid drunk like you do in college. Yeah. And I walking out and I noticed it's Clifford Antone at the front door. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm sure. And he was so nice to me, yeah. Wayne. He could have been like, you dumb, drunk college yeah. brat, go away. But yeah. he was so cool. And I was telling him about it and how much I love Stevie Ray and Thunderbirds and all stuff. And he, and he just said, hey, you know, Kim Wilson's back in my office. You want to go say hi to him? So I got to go back and talk That's to awesome. Kim Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And Kim was super cool. And he talked to us for about five, 10 minutes. He had his feet up on Clifford's desk, you know, with his harp and, yeah. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to go jam now. I was like, okay. And he took off. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Well, those kind yeah, of like those awesome. experiences, right? Yeah. Who did you get to rub shoulders with when you were young and in Austin that you were like, Hey, that guy's really cool. I got the chance to do that. Uh, like famous people. Well, it's just people you <laughs> dug. They don't have to be famous. Um, Chris Duarte. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people that were not famous, just people that I really yeah. looked up to frosty. That was the drummer for soul hat. 
was always a big hero of mine. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've met a lot of famous people outside of Austin. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> good or? So like Carlos Santana. Well, that was my, I always said like when I uh, met Carlos Santana, I would quit the music business. And you met him then? And I met him and then <laughs> the music business quit. It quit me. It kind of happened. It worked out for me. I guess I must have put it out there in the universe. But John Fogarty, like we toured with John Fogarty. He was awesome. Was he cool? Um, super cool to me our band you talk about a band that has issues oh yeah well and, and you know someone on their crew got fired like every single day really and he was so sweet to us right so, so i was just like sorry right. bye bye <laughs> keep your head down right yeah totally but all you know all that stuff when we did like the horde tours so like dave matthews and blues traveler and widespread panic and the almond brothers and kind of all that you Colonel were... Bruce Hampton, the recording rescue unit, that was a big one for me. Oh, absolutely. At the time, that's when I was, I was 22 or 23 when I first saw them. And I was just like, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> right. No, it's always a good reality check. You want to get a good laugh? Uh, yeah, always. <laughs> uh, guess what my current band is? It's a 90s tribute <laughs> band. So all those bands you were like listening, I'm like, yeah, play one of their songs, play one. You know, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of I fun. mean, is it in that kind of genre or is it just kind of all nice we just like what we like so um we obviously do a fair amount of the seattle stuff because i don't uh, think you could do a 90s band and not play yeah, yeah. um but we do like we'll play a living color tune we'll oh, play right we'll play matchbox 20 we'll play gym blossoms we'll play sabotage because we're all big beastie boys fans yeah. we nice. do a vision of a, a version of a poison by bell bib devoe we just kind of make it a rock tune people fucking love that yeah, uh, yeah i'm sure i'm sure they do so we just do what we want to do, right? Because we're all old now, so yeah. we don't care. We don't like, you know, we're yeah. trying to prep. We're just supposed to have, it's a blessing, to have right? fun, right? So as a, and I know you're, you're a parent too. I have two boys and you're oh. a father. How has your life changed being a parent? And I have thoughts, but I want to hear with you. Like what, how? Uh, you- well, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of responsibility, obviously. Um, I didn't want to tour as much. And they, uh, my son just graduated high school. My daughter just graduated college. So they're soon to be out. And how's that for you and your wife? Uh, a little emotional and a little awesome. Right. It's like, yes, we made it. And don't go. Please don't go. Right. Yeah, it's both of those things. But it's, it's nice. I feel like, uh, I mean, a big change for me with kids is I had to start making more money. Yeah, so when the music money was not doing as well. So I'm also a school teacher now. So what do you teach? I, mean, I teach music. Okay. So I teach, uh, I started off teaching music ensemble. They hired me as a guitar teacher, but when I got there, I realized I was teaching a whole band. So I started that in a songwriting class because they were looking to start like a songwriting elective. I was, I was like, I'm a songwriter. I can do that too. So I did that for a couple of years, and then uh, I started teaching the fifth and sixth grade, like general music. So, it's, so what you think? What did you think of the movie Soul? <laughs> I didn't see the whole thing. Oh, because you know there were some people. So a little backup. My father was a band director. Uh, and, uh, then he taught at the University of Nebraska. So that whole teaching background. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He wanted to be Harry James. That's what he wanted to be. You know, yeah. a trumpet player. 
so I had some friends that are teachers that are musicians and they kind of were like, I don't want to say offended Wayne. That's a little too tough, but they were like, being a teacher is satisfying, you know, for them enough. Like you don't have to just be a musician alone. That That's, you know, that was kind of the impetus or the whole idea of the movie was that he wasn't happy. Being, he wanted to be an actual performing musician. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just curious since you're a teacher too, and a performing musician, what you thought. Well, uh, I didn't see the end. So I saw it on a plane. Okay. And I, I thought you walked out of it. I thought you no, were like, no, this I, sucks. I'm gone. <laughs> uh, but in that, it, it, you know, they're, they're two very different lives as a performer and a teacher. It's just like, you know, my kids, my kids were totally different. My kids were really excited when I was playing ACL. You know, they're just like, Mr. Sutton, you're playing ACL Fest? I was like, yeah. That's kind of what I do, and I'm not messing around with y'all. Do you want to hear something? Uh, when I lived in Phoenix for a while, one of our friend's kids, uh, guess who their uh, softball coach was? No. Alice Cooper. No, no, nice. And they're just like, Mr. Cooper, right? They yeah, had no idea yeah. who the hell he was. Yeah. This is kind of funny. That's awesome. You didn't think about yeah. it. Uh, well, before you get, do you have any good Kansas City memories playing here, hanging out here, doing anything? A lot, a lot. I was just thinking about uh, playing, I guess it was the bottleneck. Well, that's yeah. Lawrence, right? Yeah, that's, that's 30 miles away, but yeah. Um, in Kansas City, I, we played with Patty Griffin. That's once, cool. Which I thought was pretty awesome. And I was yeah, a, she's great. And that was before she was really famous, but I was a huge, I was still like already a huge, ridiculous fan. So I didn't really talk to her because I figured I'd probably embarrass myself, but I wish I would have. Right. But that one was really fun. It was good stuff. And that's a... Uh... You used to play like where? Grand Emporium? Or did you knuckleheads? Where'd you guys play here? Um, that one was like Blueberry or something. Blueberry Hill. Is okay. that a place? I don't think so, but it's okay. <laughs> I, know right, you, I know you play first... hundreds of shows a year. So. <laughs> yes. Well, I did back then for sure. Right? So, no. Yeah. Uh, no are you so any... I, I was just going to say, are you going to tour all in late of 2021, 22? Uh, we, we're trying to figure it out you know we were trying to go out this summer but there's still just not we tour mostly the west coast mm-hmm. and a lot of it's still not really opened up yet or it's uh, starting to open up but it wasn't opened up enough to get some advanced booking so right now i'm just i'm working on another record uh with a friend of mine named steve Bernal, like an old friend from austin or an incredible bass player and cellist so we're going through a big art project we're doing pretty like he's just been hounding me every night that he was going to produce my record and he was going to do it this way. And the music was just going to be like what he wanted. And he was going to strip out all the chords and the lyrics and all. I was like, okay, let's do it. So we've been like slowly working together like once a week and really drilling through that stuff. So that's going to be a real different record. I think the last, the last text I got was he was going to replace all my acoustic guitars with electronic drums and violins. So I'll just, yes. And he can pull this off. Like, he can. He, he can. Uh, yeah, he can. He's not just. No, he's, no, he's, no, he can totally do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. We're really excited about it. So it's going to be a totally opposite record of the last one I just put out. It's going to be a really giant production. And where are you recording that? Here in, in, there in yeah. Austin? Or? Yeah, with uh, the guy, John Bush. I was saying from the New Bohemians, we're going to do it at his studio. Very cool. And he's got like percussion drums galore. Well, I really appreciate the time. Like I said, I've obviously been a fan for a very long time and, and I dig your music, whether it's your solo stuff or, you know, 
sister seven little sister whatever you know yeah. uh, it's it's been a it's i can't believe i'm 53 years old wayne i don't know about you but 52 did it just blow by like yeah sometimes like i should be like 38 what what happened well i don't know i i mean uh, the lucky thing to me is i have all these friends that are like 56 and they're all writing and painting i mean i don't know if you feel this but i i feel like when i turned 50 i had this urge to like make stuff make a lot of it well, i'm doing a podcast and the time to do it yeah it's just like so i'm writing i'm writing more than i've ever written in my life um you know to have multiple projects going on it's awesome yeah well i think when you get to, that part is fun yeah when you, like, hit, you know a lot more stuff than you knew when you were 38 right when i think you're a lot calmer too at least i am uh, right I'm a, little, I'm a little calmer <laughs> i'm but a lot calmer i think when you hit 50 it's Unless you're like going to, I mean, you're pretty much on the back nine of your life, unless you're some freak that's going to live to be like 115. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Right. (laughs) So I think you prioritize like what's important to me. Yeah. What do I want to spend time on? What am I interested in? As opposed to, I think when you're younger, you're worried more about making sure you're making other people happy and what think about, like, I'm at the age now, I don't really give a damn what people think. That's exactly it. And that's, uh, this guy, Steve Renault, I was telling you about that's producing the next record. We were talking about the other day that, like, you start taking better care of yourself if you're really into art because you want to live longer so you can make more. And we were talking about, like, Picasso and swimming every day and all the stuff that, you know, all these artists did. They wanted to live longer so they could keep making it. Yeah. And that, that's really inspiring to me. No, absolutely. I think that, you know, well, my parents, you know, my dad I was telling you about, so he was the madman generation steaks yeah, yeah. Liquid, liquid lunches you know martini lunches two packs of cigarettes a day and a whole nine year and he's been gone a long time because that was just the generation they right. grew up and my mom was a phys ed teacher and she's 89 still going strong yeah she just goes to the gym she's going back to the gym now that she's you know all vaccinated like three nice. or four days a week yeah so I can't tell you how many times where I'm like, do I really want to work out today? I have that kind of inner, and I'm yeah. like, I think of my parents and I'm like, yeah. get your ass up and go. Yeah. Work. yeah. Cause it's her quality of life was still great. Even yeah. Now. So yeah. so come to Kansas city sometime. I'll come out and see your show. All right. I'll do it. All right, brother. Thanks All so right. much for the time. Thank you. All right, Wayne. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. When I slide, teenage ride, and ambush hide, and stop beside a man, it all seems to catch me from behind. Wayne Sutton, everybody. Thanks so much for Wayne for being a part of Trading Fours. Uh, this is one of the this is the Whiplash track that we were talking about, which is cool. One of the tracks on the new album of his. Be sure to check that out. I've got a link there in the show notes. Also, check out uh, Wayne's album with Patrice Pike last year. Got uh, links to that as well. And uh, that's going to do it for this week on Trading Force. But hey, next time, uh, we've got my buddy Chris McClernand, Saigon Kick fame. He's he's back. He's going to give us an update. He's doing some really cool things. I, if you don't follow Chris McClernand on Instagram, uh, do yourself a favor and do it. Because this guy, you know, people accuse me of being a doer. Chris McClernand is a doer. So he's uh, rehabbing these uh, guitars. We talked a little bit about that last time. But now he's got a cool nonprofit that he's working on. To do something great with those guitars. He also does uh, stand-up comedy. Didn't know that. And uh, he just, he's great. So if you like a good storyteller, McLernan's your dude. Because McLernan is just like you think an Irishman would be. Fun to talk to. 
So that's next time, one week from today. Until then, go out, support live music, and we'll talk real soon. Bye-bye. Oh, and secrets flow, came on going, and the sitting here is gonna fall. Captain's there, boy, swearing, queen's a pair, and I'll declare that these walls ain't ever gonna hold. And a band of many faces, always leaves traces in every place he's been. And I should have started running, but I never saw it coming. Crash, whips a lash, doors are smashing, diamonds flashing, and they try to find their way inside the world. Falling ceiling, triple dealing, open stealing, suckers kneeling, and they crawling at the altar of the fool. Shameless talking, whispers mouth, windows loud, nothing shouting as you head into the 